Good evening, Patriots. How are you doing? I am Praying Medic. This is my nightly news and information broadcast. Uh, I normally come to you live from CloudHub Channel 115. I am here every night, Monday through Friday. Normally, I broadcast at 6 o'clock Eastern, but I am anxiously waiting for CloudHub to find another video hosting service so we can go back to doing live broadcasts. Right now, I am doing these broadcasts primarily that you can find them on Rumble, and they're also on my website, prayingmedic.com. Uh, appreciate you tuning in. I'm going to get you caught up with the news tonight. Uh, going to learn a lot, I think. First, let's uh, jump into a little discussion of my book, my latest book, Great Awakening. It is the second book in the Q Chronicle series, where I dis discuss and decode a lot of the mysterious posts by the intelligence insider people call Q. So this is the being the second book, picks up in December of 2017, a couple of months into Q's operation, and I go through about March of 2018, uh, covering the subjects that Q has discussed. Uh, we talk about things like the Titanic, the sinking of the Titanic, and whether it had anything to do with the creation of the Federal Reserve. Talk about secret societies. That chapter covers um, some interesting historical facts about uh, Freemasonry and how it controlled uh, the nation of Italy, police, uh, law enforcement, uh, courts, and government. Uh, also, there's uh, two long chapters on one is on the Rothschilds, one is on the Vatican, and then there's also a chapter on North Korea. The book Great Awakening is available on Amazon. Uh, both in paperback and on Kindle. All right. Uh, for those of you who are uh, following me on Parler or CloudHub or any other platform, you may not have you may have noticed that I haven't been very present. I'm not able to answer emails and messages and things right now because I've been spending an inordinate amount of time on Twitter battling the narrative of the media on this whole election thing. Mainstream media is going pedal to the metal, trying to gaslight people into accepting uh, that Joe Biden is going to be their next president. So the digital soldiers <laughs> I'm working with were all on Twitter battling this false narrative. From the time I get up in the morning till the time I go to bed at night, we are fighting the battle. And the value of contending for a legitimate election on social media is that it puts pressure on state election boards and legislators and courts to do the right thing. Uh, if we were not on social media making a huge ruckus about this, they would sweep this under the rug. But with millions of people discussing fraud on social media, it is hard to sweep this under the rug. It's hard to make it pretend it's not there. So we are uh, fighting the good fight on social media. All right, now, we're going to talk quite a bit about election fraud in this broadcast. And this is a tweet from the president back in, on October 20th of 2018. President Trump tweeted this, all levels of government and law enforcement are watching carefully for voter fraud, including during early voting, cheat at your own peril, violators will be subject to maximum penalties, both civil and criminal. Now this tweet was in reference to the midterm, the 2018 elections, but he was putting people on notice that they were going to, they were expecting, and they're going to have law enforcement looking into voter fraud. So they were warned. <laughs> now, let's talk a little bit about the process because 
a lot of people don't really understand what happens after your your vote is cast. What happens? What what do the election boards do? What is canvassing? Uh, how, what is uh, you know when does do recounts come in? How do they challenge certain things legally? And Reince Priebus talked about the, this last night on Hannity, and we're just going to listen to a little bit of Reince explain how this works. And most states follow this same example. They're a little different, but generally this is how it works. Right now, all the counties in Wisconsin, 72 counties, are doing what's called a canvas. And under the statutes, a canvas is a time when the clerks check the counts, check the machines, check that they, they said that Trump got this amount, Biden got that amount, and everything is reviewed. The canvas in a state like Wisconsin is not going to get done conceivably until the 17th of November, next week. Then the campaigns have 24 hours to file a petition for a recount with the Wisconsin Elections Board. Same in a lot of states, exactly the same way. Then the recount date is set after that date. So now we're on the 18th. Now that's the middle of the week, next week. It would actually be probably Monday the 23rd. They would say, now we're going to start the recount. At the recount, Sean, is when all of these affidavits, all of the things that people think were done wrong, are then presented to a board of canvassers. And if they don't like, if they don't like the, the result, if the campaign doesn't like the result there, they appeal to the court. Okay, so let's take an example. If, say, you have an affidavit and you have proof that there were a thousand ballots in a particular precinct that were erroneously filed or administrative failure or fraud or whatever, you bring that to the court. And the court could rule in your favor and they would say, you're right, there's a thousand votes here that are improper. At that point, before the recount starts and with all the other accusations and all the other cases that are brought, the court will say, before you start counting, you need to remove X amount of ballots from that precinct. And at that point, blind ballots are pulled out of that precinct. And then once all the, the ballots are adjusted and once all the things are taken care of, then the recount proceeds with both campaigns in the room and a winner is eventually um, awarded. Okay, so Reince pretty much laid out the time frame of how this process works. And like he said, this works pretty similar in most states. So we have to be patient. And you know, the mainstream media has been out there screaming, there's no evidence of voter fraud. Well, they don't actually look for and find the evidence of voter fraud until they, you know, a week or two, sometimes three weeks after the election. So we need to be patient and we need to wait and let the process uh, roll along. Okay, Rudy Giuliani actually did a nice job just briefly explaining what the president's strategy is for winning this election. He tweeted this out, and this was uh, yesterday. So today, real Donald Trump, the campaign, sued to invalidate hundreds of thousands of fraudulent ballots in the Western District of Michigan. First, Pennsylvania, then Michigan will go to Trump. Affidavits will be published tomorrow. You'll be shocked. All right. So they're telling us what their strategy is. They're going to try to win back Pennsylvania, and then they're going to win back Michigan. They will probably also win back Georgia. 
I think. Cover that in just a second. But Rudy is laying out their strategy. They're going to go after Pennsylvania first because it's easiest to prove case. Then they're going to go after Michigan. All right. So part of what they're doing involves uh, providing the court evidence of fraud. And evidence comes in a lot of ways. There's forensic evidence. There, there's eyewitness evidence. There's testimony. People sign affidavits. Part of it is statistical. And Steve Cordes actually explained in a four-part series one of the ways in which you can, you can prove statistically that there is fraud. Let's listen to Steve. Folks, my fourth point of the statistical case against Biden, laying out the, by the numbers, the improbability of the results as we are told to accept them right now. These results demand further investigation and audit because, in part, because of this improbability. Let's consider my fourth point, which is the absence of actual vetting of mail-in vote. In states like Pennsylvania, where the government governor changed the rules by himself unilaterally, unconstitutionally and illegally decided election procedures, knowing full well that there would be such a mass of mailed-in ballots that there would be no way that election officials could properly vet the legality and validity of these votes. So what happened? In Pennsylvania, the rejection rate of mailed-in ballots was only 0.03%. Okay, now, that is 1 30th of the normal rate in the state of Pennsylvania. And mind you, for first-time voters, for first-time voters, the typical failure rate is 3%, so 100 times higher than the rejection rate in Pennsylvania. New York, right next door, when they went to large-scale mail-in voting for their primary, they had a rejection rate of 21%. That is 700 times, 700 times higher than what we saw in Pennsylvania. The point here is that very, very likely, Many, many, perhaps thousands, tens of thousands of these ballots in Pennsylvania are not valid, are not legitimate, but they were not scrutinized. This is another statistical reason for us to seriously audit and review all of these results in these battleground states. All right, so Steve is explaining part of the line of evidence that they're likely to use in some of these court cases to prove that voter fraud exists. Now, the mainstream media continues to claim there is no evidence of voter fraud. <laughs> in a recent interview, Trey Trainer, who is the chairman of the Federal Election Commission, said, I do believe voter fraud is taking place. We're going to let you listen to Trey. Now remember, this guy is the chairman of the Federal Election Commission. If there is voter fraud, he would know about it. Push back on. Well, based upon what I know, uh, observers have not been allowed into the polling locations in a meaningful way as required by the court order that the Trump campaign received. Um, when they have been allowed in, the kind of the goalpost has been moved. Uh, they were supposed to be allowed within six feet of, of the ballots, and, and they have not been allowed that meaningful access. You know, and our whole political system is based upon transparency uh, to avoid the appearance of corruption. And that's what we do at the FEC every day. Uh, and now we're seeing this play out. Uh, in Pennsylvania and other states where there's not transparency in this election. Trey, as we move forward in, in, in modern times, everyone has a cell phone. There's video just about everywhere. You can see just about everything. And the video we just showed earlier appears to show someone filling out the ballot at the table. There's so many videos out there. Um, and again, we have to confirm all this stuff. But do you believe there is voter fraud out there, specifically in Pennsylvania and other states that are weighing heavily in on this election? 
I do believe that there's voter fraud taking place in these places. Otherwise, they would allow the observers to go in. When you have claims of, you know, 10,000 people who don't live in the state of Nevada, uh, having voted in Nevada, you have the video showing where people are, you know, they're either they're either duplicating a, a spoiled ballot right there or they're uh, in the process of just marking a ballot that came in blank uh, for a voter. Uh, that's a process that needs to be observed by election observers. State law allows those observers to be in there. Uh, and if they're not, then the law is not being followed, making this uh, an illegitimate election. Okay, so... <laughs> And as a chair of the Federal Election Commission, explains uh, that he believes there is plenty of evidence of voter fraud. Now, let's look into some recent things that have come up in the last few days. So I ran across this article this morning, uh, and I posted it on Twitter. It's actually from October 1st, so it was a month before the election. The AP reported on the theft of uh, thumb drives and a laptop at a Philadelphia election staging site. All right. This is... Uh, the article here from the AP. And they said, we are confident that this incident will not in any way compromise the integrity of the election. Well, that is interesting that <laughs> that happened a month before the election. CodeMonkey has been doing a deep dive into the Dominion voting systems. But he just posted this on Twitter. Uh, he said, remember the USB drives stolen in Philly. Those USB drives were admin access uh, devices to enter the configuration and debug screens of the voting machines. With those stolen drives, someone could potentially change, purge, or inject ballots with impunity. So he thinks this would be a very good way to get into uh, the system and change the data. And he also made this observation. First step of network security is physical security. If you can't physically secure your devices, then your systems can be compromised guaranteed. This is actually from the the user manual for the Dominion voting systems. And it says these keys hold a cryptographic key parameters that uh, prevent your election project from being tampered with. So uh, <clears throat> in his review of the Dominion voting systems user, user manual, he said this, after reviewing the Dominion voting system user manual, it seems the local IT guy who services the machines is theoretically the ultimate political gatekeeper. He has absolute power to decide elections. The person who services the machines, who knows about the internals and all the settings. He, CodeMonkey says he, he thinks that, that this person is the one who really, who really calls the shots. All right, so Corey Lewandowski tweeted this out, uh, and it was a retweet from Mike Roman, <clears throat> where they have photographic evidence of lists of Republican uh, poll watchers who are not allowed into the watch the ballot counting in Pennsylvania. And he tweeted this, look at this, I was denied access even with a court order. What are they hiding in Philly? Election fraud. And this will all come out when they take this to, to court. Speaking of court, so the Trump campaign uh, is now filing a lawsuit in Michigan challenging Dominion voting machines counts. So they're going to provide, I would, I would guess, evidence that Dominion voting systems, which is not just used in Michigan, of course, it's used in many other states, that they are uh, basically able to rig these votes using the software. So that's going to court. Uh, Kaylee McEnany, 
uh, posted this thread on Twitter just a little while ago, and it outlines the type of evidence that they have that they're going to present uh, in their case. Right. So she just tweeted this out. We have 234 pages of sworn affidavits under penalty of perjury alleging election irregularities from just one county in Michigan. That's Wayne County. Allegations, eyewitnesses saw a batch of ballots. 60% of the ballots had the same signature. Eyewitnesses saw a ballot batch scanned five times. Obviously, if you're scanning a ballot five times, that's voter fraud. Eyewitnesses saw 50 ballots fed many times into the scanner. Eyewitnesses say January 1, 1900 was recorded in poll book as a date of birth for many people who are not in the book so they could count ballots. She talked about this last night on Hannity. She said there are many, many people when they were looking at the ballots, if there wasn't a date of birth registered, they would write down January 1st of 1900. And many people were doing this. So this is just some of the evidence and testimony that they've got that they're going to be presenting in the Wayne County, Michigan case. Don't want to spend too much time on that, but there's a lot of evidence. Now, speaking of Wayne County, uh, Wayne County Circuit Judge Kenny, who is overseeing this case, he is uh, supposed to be uh, issuing a ruling on this case uh, Friday. And the lawsuit is asking for Detroit vote to uh, stop the certification process, to audit the vote, and to preserve all evidence. And we'll, I guess we'll find out about that in a couple of days. All right. In addition to Pennsylvania and Michigan, President hopes to change the outcome of the election in Georgia. So Georgia announced this morning, their Secretary of State, they're going to perform a first ever audit of a presidential election. That means they're going to dig in, and look at all the data, and recount the ballots. And I suspect that if they do a legitimate audit, they'll find uh, election fraud there. So, <laughs> like I said, we just got to wait and wait for the process. Uh, I think the truth is going to come out. Uh, now, moving to Arizona, we don't know yet if there's going to be an audit of the vote in Arizona. Uh, Arizona statute says that in a state or in a presidential election, the margin of victory has to be 0.1% or less or 200 votes. So we don't know yet. But the Arizona Senate president is calling for an independent analysis of the voting data. That would likely be just a, an audit of the vote. And we, like I said, we don't know if that's going to happen yet, but it's looking like it might. Speaking of Arizona, Joe Biden's lead in Arizona is now 13,027. With it looks like about maybe 40,000 ballots left to count. Uh, so we don't know how that's going to go yet. The, the vote is still continuing to break in favor of President Trump, but it's going to be a close race. Buzz Patterson tweeted this out today. Sacramento County, California District 7, is going to go to a recount. So he has a chance of flipping that over. And it's been very encouraging to see uh, how many uh, Republicans have actually won House races in California. Uh, we have from Rudy Giuliani that... Dominion voting systems whistleblowers are now coming forward. So we're probably going to get testimony and affidavits from whistleblowers and Dominion voting systems who are going to tell what they know about their system. More evidence. Now, some news outlets are reporting that 
the Postal Service whistleblower, Richard Hopkins, recanted his testimony. James O'Keefe has been working with him, and he says he did not recant his testimony. Actually, you can listen to the videos um, where he was basically coerced and, and, and pressured by the FBI to recant his testimony, but he has not recanted. He is still sticking to his story. All right, uh, we have confirmation from NBC that Joe Biden is not receiving intelligence reports. Uh, they confirmed he is not receiving intelligence reports from the Office of Director of National Intelligence, and he is, does not have access to the president's daily brief, not until or unless the Government Services Administration affirms his victory, and that has not happened yet. And in the swamp draining update, uh, Politico <laughs> reported this. Yesterday was a bloodbath at the Pentagon. Today, people are worried that loyalists in the White House who are installed across the Defense Department will stonewall the transition and try to cement Trump's policies with weeks left to go before inauguration. Well, I got news for the swamp. Uh, there isn't going to be a transition for Joe Biden. President Trump is going to remain president. He's going to win and overturn these fraudulent elections. And he is still going to be your president. Uh, look, I, I'm convinced that President Trump knows he has a good case. He's got good attorneys. They've got tons of evidence. Uh, I don't know exactly how it's going to work out. Will they end up throwing out, a, you know, two or 300,000 ballots in Pennsylvania? I don't know. Uh, you know, that's what we, we're waiting to see. And, you know, if, if you're a person who wants to have a guaranteed outcome, you're not... There's not going to be a guaranteed outcome in this. We don't know how this is going to happen. I don't think there is some magical silver bullet that the president has that's going to make all this magically go away. It's going to be a battle. Uh, I think he has a very good case. They've got a lot of evidence, a lot of witnesses, got good attorneys. And there's a lot of, going to be a lot of pressure on the courts, on the state election boards, and on legislators to do the right thing. Because there are 71 million people who voted for Donald Trump, and they are not going to be happy if they feel that he has been, that the election has been stolen. So uh, that is the news for today. If this broadcast has blessed you, you might want to support me on Subscribestar. The link to my Subscribestar page is in the description box. The link to my book, Great Awakening, is also in the description box. Please keep me and Denise in prayer. Keep the president in prayer. Keep military intelligence and patriots in prayer. By the way, if you're a veteran, I hope you had a blessed Veterans Day. Thank you for your service. Uh, that is all. I will catch you on the next broadcast. Love you. Take care. Uh, catch me tomorrow, either on my website, prayingmedic.com, or on Rumble.